Welcome to season two of Living Fullness, a podcast where two friends explore what it means to live out the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine. And my name is Father Sean Burns. And every week we look more closely at deepening friendships, intentional relationships, growth in virtue, and nurturing our spiritual lives. We hope by sharing our learning, reflections, and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Hello and welcome back to the Living Fullness Podcast. How are you, Sina? Very well. Great, great. What have you been up to? <laughs> Uh, uh, well, actually, this week's been a challenging week at work. Challenging in a good way, though. Not like challenging in a, uh, can't mm, wait for the weekend. Mm, mm. I had some new clients that I've started seeing that I didn't think I'd be seeing. So it's a new group of clients. Oh, yes, yes. Which initially, when I found out or realised I'd be having them, I was like, panic, panic, panic. <laughs> and then when I went away and had a chat with my manager, I was like, wait, what? I get to do this? Cool. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to, you know, upskill and... That's really cool. Yeah, just to be able to have a mo- more, even more robust yeah. practice. Yep, yep. Yeah, what about you? How are you and what have you been up to? Well, um, <coughs> I've been preparing for um, uh, my first parish council meeting coming up. So, uh, so well, it's my first. I've been to... I've been you keep to, doing this. I've been, yeah, I know, I know. It's because... I've been an assistant priest before. Yeah, yeah. So as an assistant priest, I've attended parish council meetings. But being at a parish council meeting as an assistant priest is kind of like you just get to sit back and enjoy the show. You know, like you sort of, you're there and you just sort of, you make your contribution. Yeah. But, you know, the weight of, of things doesn't rest on you. Yeah. Whereas as a parish priest now, I'm, I'm yeah. in a space where I am sort of, in charge of a parish, and mm-hmm. I need to be. Uh, You're responsible. Well, I'm responsible, yes. So I need to be working with the um, apparently, uh, and uh, so, so I need to be working with the um, uh, with the, the the parish council. I've got a great parish council. Oh, they awesome! Are awesome. Uh, so awesome. my my predecessor assembled a stellar yeah. parish council, cool. and the rule is, I'm droning on. Um, the rule is that when the parish priest leaves and goes to a different parish or a different assignment the parish council is scuttled. It's abandoned. Oh. There is no parish council in um, wow. anymore. Okay. And that's so that the next priest who comes in is able to start with a, with a clean oh, slate. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but I've just come back and looked at the parish council that he appointed. And as I've got to know these people, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. You guys, I'm reappointing you all. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Very much. So. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week's episode is a patron choice episode. And uh, we're looking at layers of evangelization. Mm. We're looking at how evangelization might take place according to our particular states in life. So. What do we think? Yeah, look, it's interesting. I think when um, evangelization sort of like even the word comes up, I think a lot of us probably jump to like the big figures. So mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. the Martin Luther King type big sure, figures. Sure. Or, you know, like even at the moment, Christophanic, like right, right. that level yep. big, like global level big. Yep. Um, yep. Or even thinking about like becoming a missionary in like a third world country, like mm, maybe that mm. kind of evangelizing. And, you know, some people are called to that. But 
not everyone's called to that kind of level. Mm. But every one of us as Christians, we've been given the command to go out and share the good news, to preach the gospel. So, you know, what does that then sort of look like in our lives? And I think to, to start with, we do need to ask that question of, well, what state in life am I in? And, but, and then what does that mean? Well, to then ask, well, what kind of power of influence yes. do I have? Yes. Um, which, you know, if I think about your power of influence, Padre, like that's going to look very different to my power of interest of influence as a lay Christian woman. Sure. And a parent's power of influence is going to be very different to a high school student's power of influence. Right. And these aren't meant to be limitations. Like no. We can choose to look at them as limitations. But in reality, I prefer to look at them as a battlefield. Right, this okay. Is, this is where we've been placed to do our work, exactly. to fight the good fight. Exactly. This is the space that we're to to live and breathe and um, operate in. Yeah, yeah. And and look, the, the, the power of influence or sphere of influence that we all have, as you said, very, very different. It's a good thing that it's different. Um, you, you as a Christian, Stina, you can, as a lay Christian woman, you can go into places that I can't. You know, you can reach people that I never possibly could. Uh, you know, you, you're able to to say things that I couldn't get away with. <laughs> you know, you're able to be more blunt than I than, than, than I might be at times. Um. <laughs> mm. <laughs> able to. <laughs> choose not to. Uh, choose not to. Um, <laughs> wisely. Um and, uh, and and so it's it's as you rightly say, it's about where God is calling us to operate at any given time, uh, according to our particular state in life. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So maybe let's have a look at what that might look like. Mm. So I'm thinking, you know, like parents, for example. Yep. I think the first place for parents, and obviously I speak as an unqualified parent here. <laughs> sure, sure. But I speak from a place who work with families in therapy. Yeah. Um, and for someone who has worked with people in relationships and yep. broken relationships for a long time, the space to start with parents is first your spouse. Be a mm. witness to your spouse first. You know, you're, you're a team. Um, so work together, help each other. Like your spouse is there to help you get to heaven. Yeah. You're there for your spouse to help them get to heaven. So be a witness of the gospel to your spouse first. And then... <laughs> Then be a witness to your children right. in raising your children. Like right. get, that order needs to be that needs to be right. Yeah. So to start with, when it comes to raising children, then we then need to ask, well, what, like, what kind of things do I need to consider when it comes to being a good witness to my children? Well, firstly, we need to be able to form those children, mm. which means that we need to be well formed to start with. So how do we do that? Go and learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. go, go and learn about the faith. The faith is beautiful and big. <laughs> there yes. is so much, yes. so much, and that's not a daunting thing. That's a no, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. thing, right? There's so much. Like find the thing that takes your interest first. Go there. Like there's no prescription here of how you need to go about exactly. learning your faith. Go exactly. to the thing that interests you. Start asking questions there. Look for resources. Yep. And go like go and find people who also want to ask questions and like ask questions together. Yep. Yep, <laughs> Just absolutely. start absolutely. there. You know, become really thirsty for truth so that you can be satisfied by the one who quenches yep. our thirst and then share him exactly. with your children. Exactly. And it is a beautiful thing because you know, people sometimes think that 
the study of the faith is rather irrelevant. Mm. And, and that what matters more than the study of the faith is the living out of the faith. And so one of the things that I sometimes hear is, is you know, um, the, the, the little Irish man with his rosary uh, is probably ten times holier than the theologian. Well, that's probably true. That, that, that could well be true, but it shouldn't be. Mm. It shouldn't be, mm. right? Because it's a strange God who's loved more by being known less, mm. right? <laughs> uh, so so it's, it's um, uh, knowing the faith, having an orthodox faith, is actually an essential component of loving God. It's one of the ways that we love him is with our mind. Mm. Uh, and so uh, the, the study of the faith is, is not an optional element. It's actually... It is actually part of our getting to know Jesus is also getting to understand uh, who Jesus is through the, the doctrines uh, of Christianity. Yeah. Which, you know, simply put, like if we put that into relationship, like yeah. you think about the relationship, I mean, maybe not you, Padre, because, you know, you're a priest now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, we, we think about the relationships and the, the, the people that we find or the person that we found attractive mm. and you've entered into marriage with, like at some point you would have gone, hmm, there is something about this person. Hmm, they're interested in that thing. I don't right, know much about right, that thing. Right, right, hmm, right. Exactly. I might go and learn something exactly. about that thing because I'd like to be in a better relationship. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Makes perfect sense, doesn't, doesn't it? mean that yeah. they, they weren't going yeah. to love you. That's right. Because you didn't know, you know, whatever their interest point was. Yeah. But there is a yeah. deeper connection that forms when you're able to not necessarily share the same thing, but know a little bit more Precisely. about that. Precisely. That's a very simplified. <laughs> no, but, it, but it's a perfect, it's a perfect sort of analogy for the for, 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 for the situation. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and, and look, uh, the, the little tiny piece of, uh, of advice that I'd offer in this regard is that I've been studying theology for the better part of 14 years and in that 14 years, I, I, I know the tiniest tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, yeah. and, and I think the more that you study it, yeah. the more that you realize what you actually know is the tiniest portion of what the faith actually is. Mm. Uh, so it, it's just, it's, it's this, this well of love to be, to be mined if you're, yeah. if you're willing to jump into it. Yeah. And th- and that doesn't then mean, like, again, to go back to the whole, let's not let that overburden us, let us overwhelm us. By, no, no, like, right. Like, that's not meant right. to be like that. It's not, it's ju- it's it's just another. It's an avenue of love. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. On, a, on another note, um, uh, and I, I take this from one of our, our previous guests, uh, my niece, Eva. Yeah. Uh, God bless her. She she talked about how her parents, her mum and dad, have given her the space to own her faith. And I think in the evangelizing process, sometimes as a parent, I imagine it's somewhat tempting to kind of watch with kind of extraordinary care the the development of your children's faith and that's part and parcel of being a parent Mm -hmm. but that watchfulness also has to develop a a level of trust for the child as the child grows and starts to mature particularly in the once the teens start getting hit like new boundaries have to be put in place where the boundary is upheld but also there's now space for the child to actually show that they get the boundary, understand the boundary, and live the boundary, yeah. rather yeah. than being 
forced or, yeah. or, or seem to be forced to to meet a particular standard. Mm. Uh, so, and, and look, that there's there's no one way to do that. There's you know every parent is going to find that it's different because they've got a different person in front of them, a unique human being with unique stuff. So there's there's I don't pretend to know the way to go forward about that, mm. but I just I, I can see from Eva that that's part of an important. It's an important part of the step in evangelizing one's children is giving them the space to own their faith. Mm. So I guess another another would be to consider, so we've had a look at parents and children there, to then consider single adults. You know, maybe that's the space of influence and that could be work, you know, it could be amongst your colleagues, it could be amongst housemates, it could be amongst our friends, you know. And in that space we really need to learn who we are and what our skill set is, um, and the gifts that we've been a, we've been given by God, so that we can serve the people around us through that skill set, through those gifts, you know, with love. Mm. But we need to know what they are first. And most people, when <laughs> we hear the words "evangelize at work," we kind of have a little bit of a freak out <laughs> because in our culture right now, like which is becoming more and more anti-Christian, not just disinterested in religion, like anti-Christian, mm. it's really scary to think what I'm expected to evangelize at work yeah. in this culture, yeah. especially after COVID, you know, where job security is a little bit more fragile. Yep. That just adds an extra amount of pressure and can almost seem unrealistic of an expectation to place. Yep. But see... <laughs> I think we can ask ourselves, well, how? Instead of asking, should I even do that? Is that even possible? Let's ask, how can we do that? And if we ask that question, then let's eliminate the fact that we don't need to be going around hitting people with a Bible. Like that's not necessary for evangelizing at work. <coughs> we also don't need to be guilt tripping our housemates for you know with what they should or they shouldn't do regarding their faith You know, to be a good Christian. We don't need to do that. Sometimes all we need to do is just love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and look, that, that love could take a multitude of forms. Um, it, it could be as simple as crossing yourself before you have lunch. You know, um, it, it could be honestly answering a question like, what are you planning to do this weekend? Well, actually, um, on Sunday, I'm going to church and having a rest, you know, and, and, and resting. Um, um Instead of oh nothing much, no, it, it, it sort of gives you the, the opportunity to, to to say well actually here's what I am doing with my weekend here's how I spend my treasured uh, time off is that I I engage in worship and and a colleague just knowing that about you if you have shown them love and if they experience peace and joy in your presence they will know that difference. Like they will be able to be like, okay, I don't, I experience a peace and a joy in this person's presence that I don't experience in somebody else's presence, that I don't experience commonly. Mm. There is something different. Mm. I think that's when we're faced with the fear of how do I, you know, do I evangelize at work? Do I even attempt to do that at all? I think that the, the question that is fundamental to us is do we actually believe that we have something mm. that is fundamentally different from what the rest of the world offers yeah. something which is fundamentally uh, um, central to who we are as human persons and if we do legitimately believe that then we are bound to evangelize at work yeah 
um, and 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 it need not be. Hear ye, hear ye, sinners, or, you know, like it, it need not be <laughs> this, right? It better right? not be. It better not be, right? It, it, it need not be this sort of thing. It, 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 it can simply be a manifestation of one's faith coupled with a charitable, peaceful presence. That's all it need be. Yeah. 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 So that could, you know, that could also look like just being a silent witness then. Mm. Yeah. Know, just just live living your life, living your Christian life out. Most of the time, we don't know what kind of impact we're having on right. anyone else. Which, you know, if it's a good impact, wonderful. If it's a bad impact, not so great. Yeah. But we don't know. Like, And that in itself can also be comforting if we're trying to live a good Christian life yeah. of love. But also in those immediate circle of influence that we have, there might be little drips and drops of things that we can drop here and there. That might be the way that we evangelize um and then there's obviously opportunities as well that may come up where we can offer a direct truth um just bearing in mind though that when we come forward with a truth related to our faith especially in an anti-christian culture that it never be a moment that isn't covered in initiated by and through love through charity yeah 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 absolutely and um uh, so given that what are some of the, the, the practicals that we can consider? <clears throat> I think the first thing is to say, don't be afraid to say that you're Christian. And, and, and I, I, there's a story that pops into my mind mm. here, which is that um, when I was first ordained, I was sent back to Albury to do, uh, to, for, for my, my first parish placement as an assistant priest. Albury's where I grew up as a, as, as a kid, which is not common. Normally you don't get sent back to your hometown. Mm. So that was, mm. was very different. And since I was there, I thought, you know what, I I, I went to karate in Albury, and I, I, I'm going to go back to karate because that was a, I, I loved karate. Yeah, karate yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go back to it uh, without really giving due consideration to the fact that I'd aged a little bit since I was last there and, <laughs> and uh, all of that. So, um, but when I got there, um, some of them knew that I had gone into the seminary, but there were many new faces that I hadn't seen who had no idea. And I was just dressed in, you know, tracksuit pants and whatever else appropriate for, for kicking and punching and, uh, and being thrown and all of that. And, and they, the, one fellow took me aside and was actually really helping me get back on top of the basics and we were talking about how um, I had been a student there and I'd, I'd progressed fairly, you know, I got to black belt, and, and, but then studies got in the way and I had to give it up and all of that. And so he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you back, you know, ready to go, no time at all. And so he's showing me stuff and he's like, this is awesome. And as he's showing me stuff, we're talking about various things and, and he's talking about his life and some of his experiences and using some colourful language as he's doing so and, and uh, but, you know, expressing himself honestly and openly. And uh, I was listening to him and, and that was, you know, it worked well. It was, it, was, it was great to get to know him. I had a meeting to go to straight after karate and it was a... a church meeting so I, I got changed back into my clericals and so when I came out of the change room door dressed in clerical dress this guy's looked at me and gone you're a priest <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought oh it never actually came up and he goes man I use some colorful language around you I I uh, what, I'm so sorry I'm like man it's okay like, am I gonna go to hell oh, no, no. Man, no 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 oh. no you know and I think Maybe if I had have started with, mm. I'm a priest, 
Maybe if I had started with what my state was in life, that that could have been avoided and he still could have seen that I was a nice guy who was able to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, that I think is, is it's good to be upfront and honest and just to be able yeah. to say, hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, and, and people then know that there is a standard that you have, but because they are getting to know you more and more over time, they also know that you're a normal person and that you love them. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's, that's, there's, there's much to be said for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just makes me think, you know, don't try to be Spider-Man or Superman and yeah. hide who you are. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. Startles people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Poor yeah. things. Yeah, in a similar kind of vein, except, you know, no um, <laughs> no clerical attire. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I've actually found it really um, helpful just to be able to say, like when conversations come up with anything that might be faith-related or – if an opportunity comes up about religion, I normally hear people out and then to be able to say, well, actually, I'm Christian. And then to truthfully be able to say, and I find it really hard to say that in this kind of setting because I'm afraid of the backlash that I might get from saying that and I don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. Um, and that's that's true and honest. Like yeah. that's not some line that I'm putting in. Like yeah. that's that's truthful to, to what it is. There is a risk involved in being able to say, hey, I'm Christian, you know, mm anti-Christian mm. culture and what I've found when I'm honest like that is that for the most part most people you know, there'll be some people who aren't interested sure but for the most part the ones that are will say something like oh I didn't know that I and I didn't realize that it was hard for you mm. to be able to say that yeah and I've even had you know moments where that's drawn a level of compassion out of that person and when they've asked something about my faith as a follow-up Mm. I normally say to them, oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll stick to just one thing. <laughs> yep. Because like when they ask a question, that's not an invitation for us to then go and be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like let me sit you down and tell you about everything you need to know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back it up here. Like how do we even know what they need to know? That's yeah. a personal relationship between yeah. them and God. Let's not get in there. But – to be able to just stick to one thing is what I've found really helpful. And for me, that's just about saying I really um, just try to live my life with the love of Jesus. And that for me means that I try to live a life of service and I ask myself, how can I do that every day? And I just try to lay my life down for others to try and model the way Jesus did it. Yeah. Full stop. Nothing more. Yep. No rules, not going into traditions not going into who does what and when, like mm. just leaving mm. it there and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, the one thing that we all want, the one thing that everyone on the planet wants to be able to see win and reign over the globe is love. Right. That's right. the one thing that we're all wanting. It's just that as Christians, we obviously have a particular perspective and a view and an understanding of what love means as opposed to someone who's not a Christian. And those conversations have a time and a place, but they may not be in that initial conversation where they yeah. find out you're a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's 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 something there too that that we need to remember, which is that the prime evangelizing force is the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, it's it's we are we are agents of the Lord. Yep. We are ambassadors for Christ, but we are not the main movers and shakers. We are we are instruments only. 
We do not do the moving and shaking in people's hearts. God does that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where that's where, where it's so important to remember it. And I remember one of the seminarians, oh, it was, it was some years ago now. It was, it was probably when I first started out there um, in 2017, I think. Uh, the seminarians had an opportunity to go and interact with some of the young people. And there was a, a young person there who was kind of anti-faith, but was there because one of his friends were there. And so, you know, sort of uh, was begrudgingly present. And, and um, uh, this, there was a particular seminarian who encountered him and, and uh, you know, this fellow sort of came up with some really good arguments why he didn't believe the church was particularly particularly you know, effective or good or that it was from Jesus or any of that, you know. And, and so um, he, and, and this guy didn't really know what to say, so he went away. And he, he got a whole list of answers that, that, that he could give back. Now, that's that's it's good to be informed. But he then did that. He came to me and said, hey, hey, look what I did. I found I found all these answers. The next time I encounter that young fellow, I'm going to be like, you know, I have answers here, 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 mm-hmm. and here, answering all of them. But man, just just take it easy. Mm. Just take it easy. You know, you, you can... You can go ahead and you can win an argument and 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 lose that man's soul. Mm. You know that's 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 not okay. Mm. Um, you might find that an opportunity presents itself to to talk about that. Maybe he brings the topic up again. Maybe the door was left open for that conversation to be revisited. Awesome. You know, then you can with love and charity bring some of that in. But remember what the end goal is here. The end goal is to allow yourself to be used as an instrument where this person can see Christ in you. And be moved in that way. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's you know I think that's that's it's the it's the thing we got to remember. Christ is the main mover and shaker here, not us. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Well, well, that uh, that takes us to the end of, of of this episode, which means we have that was a terrible. Was that, was that a drum roll? It was terrible. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure I have a drum roll button here, but I don't know which one it is. And and and. Whenever we've pressed those buttons, we can't get them to stop. <laughs> so we won't go we there. Won't go there. Um, but uh, we have a book study. And yes. the book study that we are studying, or the book that we are studying, is The Great Divorce. Yes. yes by C.S. Lewis. So C.S., Clive Staples Lewis, and he wrote a book called The Great Divorce. It's a fictional book. Compared to the book that we last read, which was a more of an informative theological book, this one is a fictional book which teaches some fundamental theological truths. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yep. uh, so we're going to give it a go. Yep. So we've got about three weeks before that book study begins, which yep. means if it's sitting on your bookshelf, pull it out, have a read. If you haven't read it, Kindle. go yeah, go and grab yourself a copy somewhere. Yeah. You'll have plenty of time for it to arrive in the mail. Absolutely. Um, and read along with us week to week or buy a Kindle version. That's right. As well. And we'll make sure this time that we have both book numbers and Kindle numbers for everyone. <laughs> we learn. Yeah, we learn as we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, to finish up with, Stina, truth, beauty, goodness. Take a guess what mine is this week. What's yours? Dinner with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Because you wouldn't let me have it last week and then you stole it from me last week. <laughs> so rude. So that is mine this week. You're not changing my mind. I'm keeping it. Nice. 
Nice. I had I had dinner with two of my friends that I haven't seen in a little while. One I haven't seen in a few weeks and the other one I haven't seen in a couple of months, which is ridiculous because she just lives up the road. <laughs> right. but we've both been ill at sort of different times and she sure. just had lots of assignments and stuff like that. So we had a beautiful opportunity to invite them around for dinner. and Wonderful. Yeah, it was nice to just be able to hang out with them until about 11 o'clock at night. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Details, details. That's awesome. That's <laughs> what awesome. about you, Padre? Well, I feel like saying that now it's 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 you being able to 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 use dinner with friends, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, for me it's um uh, it's a document written by Benedict the Sixteenth uh, when he was Pope. He wrote a document called Space Salvi. And uh, I was, we had a holy hour and, uh, and, and part of the holy hour is that I read a section from a, from a particular book that, that sort of fits in with the season. And in the season of the resurrection, hope is a, hope's a big thing, you know, and, and, uh, and at the moment, the circumstances in the world between pandemic and war, it's, it, the, the, the circumstances don't necessarily breed hope. Mm. Uh, and so I, I picked up Space Salvi and it's just like, wow. Benedict really knew what he was talking about. Like when you hear him speak about hope, you realise you're listening to someone who has a deep-rooted hope in his heart that is founded on Christ's rock. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a good truth video, goodness. Lengthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was a good one. When, when you got to the point. When I got to the right? point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week. But until then, as always, know about love and prayers. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Living Fullness. We hope that in this episode, there was something useful or helpful or something that blessed your life. If that is the case, would you please consider sharing this podcast with someone? Perhaps it will bless their lives too. Please also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. That will also help others to find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook. 